0: What was going through your mind? <sighs> wow. Um,
1: so much, actually. I was struggling between living in the moment and living in the future. Mm. We've only
0: just be Happy New Year and welcome back to Living Color Abroad. I'm your host, Angel Rodriguez. And in this episode, you'll be listening to Kiara. Now, Kiara is a previous guest of the podcast. I interviewed her on episode 74, where she discussed her experiences living in France. Now, Kiara is living in Washington, D.C. in the U.S. And I'm doing a little something that I'm calling, Where Are They Now?, where I talked to previous guests and see, literally, where are they now? <laughs> literally, figuratively, all that. And in this episode, Cara discusses what brought Hart to Washington, D.C., what she misses and does not miss about living in France, the reverse culture shock that she experienced when she moved back to the U.S., and finally, how she tries to live an intentional life. Hope you enjoy. This is A Living Color Abroad. Kiara, welcome back to In Living Color Abroad. How you doing? I'm
1: doing great. Thank you for having me back.
0: And I just want to say I made sure not to mess up your name this time because I did listen to the <laughs> beginning and I said Kiara, and you definitely, rightfully so, scolded me.
1: <laughs> I didn't scold you. I
0: know I'm messing with, you, I with you. you. You were actually very nice, too nice to me on that one. But yes, Kiara, I'm glad I got it right this time on the second yes, time. Thank through. you so
1: much. Thank you for implementing
0: that feedback. <laughs> <laughs> like the good teacher and student that I am. you're obviously a good teacher. <laughs> so, all right, let's get right to it. So, of course, this is part two, part part deux. You know how you say two again in French? Am I saying it correctly?
1: Deux, that was correct. Oh, deux. part deux.
0: There you go. I got a little French in me, too. Um, but, yeah, so this is part two. Uh, basically seeing where are you now? And I'm glad that we're doing this because I want to do this more with previous guests. And for those that are listening, Kiara and I just spoke about how it was, it's literally been a year since we had the episode. The episode aired November 2021, and here we are on November. Is it 29th today? 29th, 28th? 29th. 29th. Mm-hmm. We're still November, so thankfully we're having this conversation literally a year later. So, let's get to it. Please remind the listeners a little bit about yourself.
1: Of course. Um, so, my name is Kiara. Um, I am originally from Detroit, Michigan. Um, I attended Howard University, and uh, once I graduated, I moved to France, um, where I taught English. Um, So I'm a teacher. I have an education background. Um, I'm in my seventh year of teaching now, Um, and I actually majored in French. So that is why I decided to live abroad, Um, and I've been to France, what, three times now? I lived over there. Mm. So I just got back um, this previous May um, from France for the third
0: time. All right, so let's go right before you, you know, going back, going back to the states. So, at what point, when you, while you were in France in this last in this last t- time you were living there, did you know mm-hmm. you were coming back to the states? When did it happen that you knew? All right, I'm coming back.
1: Well, so the program um, that I was doing while I was over there is a seventh month long program. Um, so I knew in the back of my head that at around the end of April, May, that's around the time where I'm starting to get ready uh, for my move back to the States. Um, and it's interesting because while I was working uh, with the program, I was also babysitting on the side and, um, I had a conversation with the mom and she said, you know, you could really stay here over the summer if you wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) So I did have that option um, available to me. It just... It just didn't work out um, with many other factors. Um, So because of the program ending around that time, I sort of prepared um, to leave France around that time.
0: And when you say prepare, take it, because again, there's people who are listening to that living abroad and they probably are going through this right now or they don't know when they will come to a point where they might have to actually go back home, wherever that is. How are you preparing Mm -hmm. yourself for this trip back to the States?
1: Um. Well, for the most part, I think for me, it was more so just getting my my mental together. Um, so, again, because I knew my program ended in April, uh, there was a part of me that was like, OK, so I know it's I'm ending in April at around, what, let's say February. Um, I'm starting to just mentally prepare to head back. Um, there wasn't much preparation I had to do. Um, in order to, to head back, you know, aside from purchasing my plane ticket. And it's, uh, it's funny because some people who enter the program I did, it's actually called TAPI, which stands for teaching assistant program in France. Some people, when they accept the program, they will, uh, purchase a round trip ticket if possible, (laughs) um, which will sort of, you know, lock you in to leaving at a certain time. Right. Um. But I did not do that. I did it one way and I just decided to get my ticket back um, like after January, uh, which just worked out for me. But it, yeah, again, it wasn't too much preparation. It was more so just, all right, you're ready to head back to the States. <laughs> so, and I didn't have too many you know, ties or anything like that in France. So it wasn't really much that went into it.
0: Got you, got you. And and that's interesting you said that you purchased a one-way ticket while other people in the program purchased a round-trip ticket. Do you do that purposely, like, with an intention of, like, I don't want to think about home immediately? What what was the intention behind that?
1: So my personal intention behind that was just, um, I wasn't sure if I was leaving at that moment or if I potentially might stay a month or so after just to do some traveling. So... Um, this was my second time around doing this program, and the first time around, I actually stayed maybe like a month or so. Um, after the program ended, just to travel. And um, this time around, I decided not to do that, um, just because of personal reasons. I had to get back, I was looking for a new job. Um, so I sort of had to get back as soon as possible.
0: Got you, got you. So, take, mm-hmm. take, us, take us through uh, the, the, those last few months, few weeks few days (laughs) in france what was going through your mind
1: well um so much actually i was struggling between living in the moment and living in the future Mm. um and when i say that i was trying to find the balance of you know, fully enjoying myself, enjoying my last few months, few weeks, few days in France and not think so much about what's next. Um, So I I think I did a pretty good job. So, you know, I did a little a little traveling here and there with my friends um, towards the end. Um, I just tried to really make the most of my time there. Um, But again, it was difficult. I just recently turned 30. And so I I don't Thank you, thank you. (laughs) I know the last time we spoke, we talked a little bit about that pressure, right? Right. Uh, Just of you know, you're an adult now, it's time to make major moves financially and whatnot. So I was at a point where, you know, I wanted to find my own apartment. I wanted to make sure I had a job that would, uh, you know, make sure that I'm able to have that apartment. So I was applying for jobs, I was looking up jobs. So I was doing a lot um, during the end of my time in France, um, but you know, like I said, I think I did a pretty good job of trying to balance enjoying myself, but also putting things in place so I could make sure I was ready when I did return.
0: And in retrospect, did you, did, you, looking back, right, with well, hindsight being twenty twenty, do you feel like you you accomplished that, like that balance?
1: I think I did. I think I did for 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 the means that I had for you know what I had going on. I would say yes.
0: That's what's up. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. So specifically, take take me through uh the last few days because I've been I've been now living abroad. This is I'm going to my fourth year, which is crazy. That being close, wow. be, yeah, I know it's wild. I'm, I'm like I'm like i I'm like one of the last of the Mohicans uh, in one of my, <laughs> my groups that are here from the states. It's kind of crazy, and you know you see people go, and yeah. uh, I'm sure you could you can relate to this a little bit. Kiara is like especially here. Like I work at a school. Is you know you come in with some cool people, or you meet some people along the way, and then their time is up. For what you said, whatever reason, personal, whatever professionally, they're now they're going elsewhere, whether it's back home or elsewhere, and you're like, damn, like it's like I just lost like a good person. You know what I mean? Now yeah. they're somewhere <laughs> else. So take me through that. Have you personally experienced that when you were in France? And maybe take yourself a little bit outside of your shoes. How are your friends reacting to you leaving? <laughs>
1: You know, it was it was tough, Um, and it was those were some sad times. (laughs) The last few days, I will say that. um, Oh man, there was like this feeling of me being so excited to come home. You know, I miss my family. I miss friends, and I was just sort of really ready to get the ball rolling. Um, I ran into some obstacles, and we can discuss this if you like. But I ran into some obstacles um, during my time in France. I may have mentioned them in the last uh, the
0: last interview, but I um, you so, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: so part, a part a slight part of me was really ready to get back.
0: Let's <laughs> get the fuck out of here. <laughs>
1: When I found out I had mold in my studio apartment, oh. so yeah, I was I was pretty over it. Um, <laughs> but like for example, it was really hard to leave my friends. Um, I think uh, they stayed maybe like i'd say like a few weeks or about a month or so after um all that different times but i was the first person out of my friend group um to leave france so that was hard um and aside from leaving my friends it was also really difficult for me to leave the family that i babysat for Mm -hmm. um they were amazing you know we just we just hit it off from day one and um the little boy I was babysitting it was really hard for me to leave him so in those last few days I sort of prepared um, kind of like a going away present for them and I put together different clips and videos um, of us throughout my entire time there and I put it on the USB for them to keep um, and so my last day with them we watched it together and wow, it was,
0: that's it so was freaking really sweet <laughs> Jesus it's like out of a Lifetime movie or something what <laughs>
1: It was really sad and his mom got me um his mom got me a, a hoodie with his name on it, um, which was really, really sweet. And um he was he was he just turned three. Um, and so it's like he knew I was leaving, but you know when you're so young, you don't really it doesn't really register what's happening. Right, right, right. And so in my grade, I'm like, I, I'm like, I just want you to hug me for like a long <laughs> period of time. And when I was getting ready to leave, I remember him like he getting like the quickest hug, and was just like, <laughs> okay, bye.
0: <laughs> Mate, like, wait, way, to ruin it, Johnny Jesus. Jesus.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm like, I don't think you understand. I'm not going to see you again. So, <laughs> It was slightly emotional. Um, so, yeah, the last few days where it was a lot as far, you know, packing, making sure I had everything, right. um, you know, saying my goodbyes. So the the last few days were
0: kind of crazy. We, we got to talk about that because I think people underestimate or maybe they don't think about. Literally, not just the the mental toll, but literally the physical toll. You're moving Mm -hmm. to another country again. Even if it's back Mm -hmm. home, you're moving. You're taking your life that you start to build somewhere else and packing all that shit up. And you're going to wherever you're going to next. That is a lot. That's definitely a physical toll and a mental toll, and I can tell you personally because not only I moved abroad, but I've been deported multiple times. <laughs> over One time, people come to Costa Rica, right? So I know what it's like to live in a bag bags into your whole livelihood for at least a good day. <laughs> but that's a. If you guys want to listen to that story, that's episode three. But anyways, the point <laughs> the point being is that's a physical toll and as a mental toll. So I think. I think you did yourself such a not again. You did something super sweet for the family, but I think I mean you could tell me if I'm wrong here. But I think you also did a good thing for yourself, so you could reflect on the beautiful moments that you had with this family and what they meant for you.
1: Yes, absolutely, and it was you know I just there were times um, during my time in France um, where I would just be you know sort of upset. Uh, because i was working two jobs um unlike a lot of other assistants so you know they had way more time just to do way more things Mm -hmm. right um and i didn't have that luxury So there are parts of me that, you know, just kind of wish I didn't work for the family. It's like, oh, you know, I wish I didn't have to do this. I wish I didn't have to commute an hour away uh, to go work this other job. But I I had to do what I had to do for myself. And, you know, I I thought about it some more. And I was like, you know what? I'm actually so grateful and so thankful that I actually did meet this family. Because I I learned so much about myself. I learned so much about just motherhood, um, relationships. Um, from the mom, and you know, those are things I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have that if I didn't, you know, work for them. So right. it was actually, it was like you know, you have the the calm after the storm.
0: That's a beautiful thing. It's also a very beautiful reflection because I remember, because I remember, as the more you talk, the more vividly I remember our conversation from last year, and you know, mm-hmm. through all the trials and tribulations that you that you talked about, that you're going through, and it seems to me, just hearing the way you're speaking about it. You're okay with with your experience, right? Like you're like, yeah. I learned a lot. I might have went through some shit, but I'm better for it. And even the tough um, shit that I went through in the moment, I can reflect on that and see how like you said, how much I've grown from that and how actually mm-hmm. beautiful those moments were, even when they were tough in the moment, but looking back at it, how grateful you are. So I think that's a beautiful reflection. Cause it's not all gonna be roses, right? It's gonna be it's gonna be some no. tough times. <laughs> and like you said, people work with. When people think about, oh, you moving abroad, you know, yeah, I'm going to be working two jobs. That's not the norm. When people think about moving
1: abroad. It's it's really not. <laughs> it, but you know what? A part of me, Angel, was okay with it because, again, this was my second time doing the program. So yeah. the first time I did the program, I didn't have a second job. I was just doing the, just teaching in the schools, and I had so much free time. So it's like my second time around I'm like, well, Kira, you know, you've actually already did this before. Like you have you've had that time. You've you've lived here before. You've seen this, you've done that. So it was also a little bit reassuring. It's like, you know what? It's okay. It's actually okay. Right,
0: right, right. All right, now let's move into you moving back to the states, that that component. Where did you move oh back? Where did you go where, so where did you go to?
1: So, um, right after I left France, I went straight um Oh, actually, now that I think about it, I'm getting ready to tell you a story. So, Do it. Go ahead. Right, <laughs> right when I got back, I actually went straight to D.C. Mm. And I went straight to D.C. to attend a music festival.
0: Amazing. Living it up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so after I was in D.C. Uh, for about, I believe it was like um, like that weekend, um, I went back to Detroit. And um, that's where I'm from again. So I was home over the summer. Um, I did a little bit of traveling um, in between, I believe I went to Philly um, and New York. Uh, But Mm -hmm. I was in Detroit for the (laughs) majority of the summer. Um, And then I ended up moving back to D.C. the first week of August. And I've been in D.C. ever since.
0: So take us through that. What was that process? You knew before you went. You say you were looking for a job. You knew you wanted to live in DC, or you were like, "Ah, right, let's see where I can get a job."
1: Yeah. Um. So I actually always knew that I wanted to move back to DC. So it had all. It had already been a part of my my plan. Mm. Hmm. Um. And so I. I'm. I consider myself to be a pretty intentional person. And so my goal was while I was home over the summer, I'm home. So I'm not you know paying for rent or anything like that. And I wanted to work a summer job, something to just put something in my pockets and then find a job in D.C. Um, and then move to D.C. Um, And so for the most part, things worked out the way that I uh, wanted them to Uh, for a little bit. I was working remotely um, when I was in Detroit for varsity tutors, worked for them for a little bit. Um, And then I, you know, looked for jobs in D.C. And um, I think it was around, let's say June, where I had an interview for a school here in D.C. um, And everything worked out and I found an apartment and it was just I was just moving forward from there. Mm. So everything sort of felt like
0: And and what do you do now for work?
1: So right now I'm teaching. It's actually really funny. I kind of did a 360. So instead of teaching English in France, I'm now uh, teaching French in Washington, D.C. Look at that words. (laughs) Look look, look at that, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yep, and I'm working uh, with middle school. And this is my first time in my educational career working with middle school-aged students.
0: Is this your first time teaching French in the States?
1: Not my first time teaching French in the States. Okay. Um, I taught French back in 2017. From 2017 to 2019, um, I started a French program at an elementary school here in D.C. Mm. And so now, it's funny, I'm teaching French again, but for middle school.
0: And this is like this is like, you're like the French teacher at this school. Correct, and this is their first year having French. Wow. Okay, we we gotta talk about this because this this is where I get really mm-hmm. really academic and get into things I have researched for for the master's program that I did. I think it's so mm-hmm. crazy because because Kiara, could you have imagined yourself? Let's go back five ten years ago. You know, you say you, you know you're mm-hmm. doing a program, you know, in elementary school, whatever. Could you imagine that you would have been five ten years ago the full time French teacher at a at a school in in DC or somewhere in the United States?
1: I didn't, especially especially because when I when I attended Howard, I knew I wanted my major to be French, but I didn't know that I wanted to go into education. People would ask me if I wanted to be a teacher, and I'd mm. say no. Right. So <laughs> I never saw myself teaching French, even though when I reflect on it and I look back, I'm like, you know what? This was all a part of the plan because my French teacher that I had in high school, um, I believe I mentioned this, like she was such an inspiration to me, and I believe I had little moments where I was like, you know what? I, I want to teach French. Like, I want to be that French teacher to a group of students. And it's like, oh, <laughs> you
0: called it. Now you're here. Right, right, right. And, and, and let's talk about a little a little bit, because, you know, obviously, we're, we're, we follow each other on Instagram, and sometimes I get, I get a little fun sneak peek into your classroom. And the demographic <laughs> of, of where you are and where you work is predominantly black and brown students, correct? Correct. Right. So... Cause again, right, I'm a I am i am in education as well. And when you think about a mm-hmm. French class, where you're thinking about mm-hmm. it, it's some it's some school in, I was in it's some school in Park Slope in Brooklyn that's just Correct. opened just opened up predominantly white students, like, yeah, we want our kids yeah. to, you know, learn French, and that would be great to practice, you know, this European language that, you know, besides mm-hmm. Spanish, let's learn some French in mm-hmm. here. And, but <laughs> you don't necessarily hear that kind of talk in schools where people look like you and I. So I think Correct. it's such a powerful thing that not only were you abroad teaching English, right—the language that we got <laughs> in okay. over there, overseas—but now you brought this language that you, you know, you that you are that you're fluent in, that you studied, right, that you are a master at, and you're bringing it back to the states in a community that are like people like you and I. What does that mean for you? Like thinking about that in that kind of like macro way, what what do you think about that?
1: It means so much to me, and honestly, you know, I can talk. Bad about the American education system all day, but it's what keeps me doing what I'm doing. It's why I wake up every day, and you know, for the reasons with the for the reasons you just named. Like when you hear, oh, you know, I'm learning French, or I attend a bilingual school, or uh, um, a language immersion program school, whatever it may be. When you hear that, there's a certain demographic um, that you know that caters to that, mm. and. You know, it's funny because in D.C., there's the top um, French bilingual school. It's called Rochambeau. Um, it's like the top of the top. And at that school, there's a certain demographic. It's in a certain area. And I have tried to work at that school. I actually applied a couple of times, and it was a no both times. Mm. But you know what? I had to sit back, and I had to reflect. And I had to say, "Here, you know, this is—if you really think about it, this is not— this is not the type of environment that you were meant to be in. So you're meant to give back to your community. When I get into my classroom, especially the first day, and I'm like, hey, we're learning French. You know, they're like, we're learning French. Like, for what? Like, <laughs> people, people, no, seriously, like, people who look like me, like, they don't have this like this opportunity. Right. Like this is not something that comes. This is not something that's the norm. Mm-hmm. Most schools, you know, bilingual schools, whatever. Most schools, and if it's not a bilingual school, most most schools offer Spanish, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not French. Typically, not French. Typically, no other languages. Mm-hmm. And so, I just want to be able to give Black and Brown students the same resources, the same opportunities as other students who might not look like them, because. We all know in our type of communities, like again, that's not the norm. And right. I want to show them, like, hey, just because you might not know about this, I'm telling you now, and now you can take this information and do with what you please. Right. Um, and it's <laughs> it's just it's it's really cool. And you know, again, I'll go back to that, like the first guest, because they're like, why well, I gotta learn French? What's the point? Blah blah blah. And it's so it's so interesting to me because it's like, do you not understand how how you can just open up? your world of opportunity like i'm like you automatically become way more marketable i asked all my students that on the first day i said okay you're going into a job interview it's between you and this other student now you know english and french the other person oh they just know english who do you think looks more marketable who do you think they might choose and they're like oh me because i know other languages i'm like yes like do you not see what i'm trying to tell you here
0: (laughs) (laughs) right super important and I think, I mean, yeah. and, and another part, I think you might have touched on this a little bit. It's important for students to see mirrors, right? Like not just yeah. windows, but mirrors into like, all right, here's a black woman that's lived in mm-hmm. France that knows about this shit is, is not someone that again, potentially, right? There's not always the case, but let's just mm-hmm. say, oh, white French woman that's coming and like, you gotta learn French because you don't know any better. You know what I mean? Right. Where, where, that could sometimes right. be the situation, but obviously these are people that look like you, that you could relate mm-hmm. to on that level. And that just looks different. I think that, 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 that dynamic and me being in that situation, been in that situation before, I know what that mm-hmm. dynamic looks like. I'm sure you feel a dynamic when it's like, wait a minute. I'm seeing someone that looks like me speaking this foreign language, but she's making this sound really cool right now. I think I want to learn too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's it's funny because it's like, I look at some of the students who in the beginning of the year kind of seemed a little like, "Mm, like, this looks like a waste of my time. I don't know about this. And those are my students who are like, doing the best in the class right now mm. like just today i asked the question and <laughs> there was one student in particular. like her hand was raised up high smile on her face she was just so ready to respond and i'm like look at this
0: <laughs> i'm awesome. like look
1: at you guys we played a jeopardy game where they had to translate and i was like do you guys realize none of you are using google translate right now
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty dope <laughs>
1: Some of them don't even understand like their ability. It's just yeah. for me looking at it, it's it's really beautiful to see. So I just hope that you know we can continue this.
0: <laughs> I, th- I think I have to offer that class virtually for me because I I want to learn some French too now. <laughs> you know, Do some Jeopardy. <laughs> you know,
1: we, can, we can definitely discuss it. I'm very open. I'm I've been trying to get super creative um, with my classroom. I want everything to sort of be super just realistic. You know, right. I want things to I want them to be able to relate to things. So I. have I've recorded myself talking to one of my friends in French, and I'll play that and I'll ask them, you know, what did you hear? Um, I've showed them, I've put together videos from you know me being in France, and I've showed them this, that, and they're like, oh, what are you, what's this? And they are like, oh, they they have that? And I'm like, yeah. So I'm just really trying to bring it alive to them. Right, so you right. know, I'm definitely open if you want to <laughs>
0: learn
1: something. Put you up on the screen and we can. That'd be do dope. That.
0: That'd be dope. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll be part of your pilot for that.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. And they, you know, they they love seeing things like that. Right, so I'm right. trying to get a trip going for them. Uh, I recently, um, I got in contact with a Boulangerie, a bakery here in DC, and I had croissants brought to the school. And I was like, that's dope. I was like, now nah, I was like Pillsbury croissants. I was like, you guys. I'm like, those are not real croissants. I'm, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry if that's what you think. So I'm like, here, here's a real croissant. You're like, oh, these are so good. <laughs> right. I,
0: I, and I'm that glad we're talking. I'm glad we're talking about because, of course, teachers is gonna, you know, there's, of course, we're gonna talk about teaching, right? As part of what we do. But I think it's so important, like bigger picture, right? We're talking about you living in, in France and then moving back to the states. Is you're taking things from your experience, from what you studied. Back, you said to to, your, to communities, right? That you feel like well, I want to mm-hmm. get this opportunity, and then they see, like you said, making it real, making it like this is this is reality. I'm not looking at a TV right now. Somebody teaching me French right now. This is someone they, that is in front of my face that has lived there, and then now is back here. Shit, if mm-hmm. they can do that, why can't I do that? You know. Exactly. So I think that's a super important thing when people, whether whatever field you're in, right? When you bring skills and you bring these real world experiences of living abroad. And you go wherever you go next, and especially if it's back home, right? Back to the states, back wherever home is for you. That you use that right in a positive way to mm-hmm. to help others, and of course, helping yourself in the process. Because I don't think you have this reflection, Kiara. If and I don't think you're this good of a teacher if you're not able to reflect on these experiences yourself, right? Yes,
1: it's so true. The reflection piece has been a huge part of, just, especially you know since COVID hit. The the self reflection has has been very important. And, you know, it sort of helped to drive my decisions and my intentions moving forward. So, right. and it's something I'm trying to instill in my students as
0: well. Right. And if you remember what I said last episode, it's, it's not the content, it's the context that changes. So here you are yes. in a different context. <laughs> <So>. looking,
1: like, <laughs> Looking at it, it's just so interesting, like how, how life happens and how you the power of manifestation is just...
0: It's really amazing. Right, 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 right. And even even that sigh you just had, I just feel like, I don't know. I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel this way whenever I talk to people, you know, that living abroad and their journey, like, I feel like almost, for me at least, I don't know for you, but for me, it feels almost Mm -hmm. like therapy for myself to hear people that are going, that have been through this, are going through this, and how I can relate to like, oh, yeah, I've been there myself. You're like, I definitely, I can see where you are. And then that deep sigh is like, I've been through a lot, but here I am.
1: it's, it's as if I just like brought inspiration. Like I just breathed inspiration back. <laughs> That's into dope. It. Cause you know you don't really. You, I mean I don't know about you, but you don't really talk about you know your accomplishments and what you've done and your experiences abroad. You don't. You might not really talk about it often. Right. So when you do, it's like wow! I I actually did do this. I actually did accomplish this, and I'm I'm accomplishing things as we speak. So
0: right. I
1: think it's really important.
0: That's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. Uh, that, that's great perfect segue into you know accomplishing things now you're back in DC right you have a job you got the apartment mm-hmm. that that you want to that you know that, that you wanted to get and wanted to live in um mm-hmm. but let's talk about the real things that happened you know this so-called reverse culture shock have you experienced that since oh. moving back
1: oh my gosh <laughs> when i when i first got back to the states it was very hard for me because um, it was around the time where, on the news, I was hearing about uh, the shooting that happened in Texas, the school shooting. Mm. Um, that news coverage was going around heavy, heavily, heavily, um, along with the baby formula shortage. Mm-hmm. That was also a thing. So as soon as, so it's like, get back to the states. I'm home. My granny has the news playing, and what do I hear? Wow. Oh, there's another. In the school, there's this baby formula shortage. There's this happening. There's this happening, and it's just like there was a part of me that was like, "Why did I leave? Mm. Like, wh- like, why am I back here? Because clearly, our country is a mess. And I'm not saying I'm not saying that France is perfect. I'm not saying that any other country is. But I'm like, the things that we have going on here are things that a lot of other countries are not dealing with. Mm. And although they might have their other issues, because let's be honest, I'm like all these school shootings. Though it's like it's it's sad, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's very depressing. And you know, to on another note, there were, there are were other little things that I noticed start uh, started to bother me. So um, when I went to the grocery store uh, for the first time when I got back, and I was just looking around, and I'm like we eat so much shit. Like, I'm like, I was looking at, and it's like, I, I, I knew these things, you know what I mean? But it's like, really? coming back to it, it's like, I'm like, why, why do we eat these things? I was looking for fresh seafood. I was like, why is everything farm-raised? Where is the wild caught? Like, I felt like, I, I still to this day, I kid you not to this day, I'm like, I haven't found, like, good salmon yet. <laughs> I haven't fucked shrimp yet. And, you know, maybe that's me. I need to go to, I need to venture out and try other grocery stores. But it's like, it was so easy for me in France. I could go to any store, Mm. grocery store, any market, and get fresh food. So that also was very disheartening. Um, And I had to sort of get back into the swing of things here. So the culture shot definitely hit me over the summer, that's
0: for sure. Hmm. I mean. I mean. How sobering, like you said, is that? Is like the first thing you hear is like a mass shooting, and it's crazy because what you know, obviously, I, you know, I'm tuned into what's happening in the states, but it you do feel a little detached because you're not. That's not yes. your day to day, right? When you're living abroad, is like there's not. We practice in our in our school. We practice these shooting drills, but I know, not obviously, knock on wood, but there hasn't been, if I even know, in Costa Rica ever in its history, a, a mass shooting in a school. You know, right. so it's like, yeah, we have to practice because it's important. But I look at these kids' faces, they don't look concerned, but they know about what's happening in the states though. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's just it's so crazy how it could be it could hit so close to home, right? Because that is our home, right? The states. And then you but it's not like your yeah. day to day, so you also are detached from that reality. Uh, so that, that that's just wow. Okay, so you mentioned that as far as, you know, the the, the salmon and the food you know, maybe the quality is not up to up to your standards. What what else okay. have you noticed? What about just going back moving back you know seeing family seeing friends what was that like that transition back
1: seeing family and seeing friends was great um that was definitely you know more on the positive end on my uh, <laughs> with my whole c- culture shock or whatever um being home was great again um i had home cooked meals <laughs>
0: oh missing that <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I did a lot of cooking, but I didn't have to do a lot of cooking while I was at home, so that was nice. Um, and, you know, it's always it's always a good time seeing my friends, so that was... it's And it's like we just kind of picked up right where we left off, um, which is really a blessing, so...
0: Right, right. Was- Let's talk a little bit more about that, because obviously, you know, I'm on the outside looking in here, but you seem mm-hmm. pretty gregarious, I would say i I think I think you seem pretty you know pretty extroverted um, yeah. I, I consider myself to be extroverted extroverted uh, as well. but do you feel like when you were brought in France right and obviously you know you could you know Instagram helps social media helps a lot right when distance is that is that factor. but what do you mm-hmm. feel like you did or that your friends did to be like, I right, this connection right now this is we the distance is there, but we're not gonna lose it. Like once we're back, we're back. What do you feel was being done or was anything done at all?
1: Um, it's it really just comes down to communication. Uh so for example, I am a, an active member in the group chats, So <laughs> throughout my entire time in France, it's not like I didn't really feel like I missed a beat um, because mm-hmm. I was still very in tune um, into what was going on back here at home. Um, and aside from just like texting and whatnot, I was able to, you know, have phone calls often as well. Friends would FaceTime me when I was in Wi-Fi. and you know we'd have conversations and they'd catch me up and let me know what was going on so I never really fell out of the loop um there were also some times where I believe my friends they were putting together like we do a lot of group outings and get togethers and there'll be times where I'm like FaceTime me in So somebody would Facetime me in, so I'd be there too. Or like if they were out at a bar, I'd sometimes Facetime and be like, "Hey, like I'm here." Like you know, if they're drinking, they're doing a cheers. You know, I'll Facetime in, I'll grab my cup, and I'll cheers the phone. So it's like, even though the distance was there, like the the love, the communication, like that remained. Like that was never an issue.
0: That's a beautiful thing. I mean, they, and thank God for technology for that, right? The FaceTiming, I think. Right? I think the FaceTiming is really game changer, though. Like to see someone's oh,
1: seriously. face. Seriously, like thank God we don't have to write letters and send
0: them by. <laughs> kids. Dear pen, dear pen pal, I love thee. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing well here in France with my wild caught salmon, but I'm be happy to be back in. Uh... <laughs> I look
1: forward to receiving your your your, your mail. Potentially in a few weeks, right? Like, right.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> say hi to everyone for me. No, but that I mean that's great. And but again, even like you say, you know, it was the communication. But you, as as you put it in that work, though, right? You deciding to be active. Yeah. You deciding, like, right. hey, I want I, I I am missing out. You better you better pick up this phone call right now, and I, I want to be part of what you guys are doing. And of course, them obviously missing you, right? Like, yeah, she's all the way out there in France, and I'm thinking that for myself, and I, and I feel like. You know, there's always something you can improve on, right? As a person we live in abroad, you get caught up in your day-to-day. And everyone does, right? Wherever you're located, you get caught up in your day-to-day. And all you you hope is that your friends, right? Your people that you've known for like, you know, day one, for lack of a better term, are going to understand that. But once you're back in it, you're back in it. And I feel like that when I go back to New York, I agree with you. I don't feel like I've missed the beat. It's like, you know, I'm seeing my friends. It's like, it's so great to see you. You know, like, yeah, I can't believe I've been gone for this long, but it's like, here we are.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, seriously. And um, I just, I appreciate, you know, all of my friends. Um, But you do have to realize that different friends have different needs, right? Mm, So so I consider myself to be a very low-maintenance friend. So I could literally not talk to you in a year. I'm sure, you know, (laughs) I'd, I'd message you. I'd message you here and there on, like, Instagram or comment on a story or whatever. But I could go a whole year without having a full, like... You know, drawn out, catch up type conversation with you. And I could see you, and it's almost as if like we were just together yesterday.
0: Right, right, right. And
1: I have a lot, I have a lot of friendships like that. And, you know, I appreciate those friendships almost like more because it's like wow i appreciate you like we can both be out here doing what we need to do on you know different terms and we come back and it's like oh hey what's up hmm. so i appreciate that a lot
0: that, that's so cool and now now talking about uh you, you you mentioned uh 30 when was your 30th by the way
1: uh it was september uh, my birthday right. september 20th
0: happy happy belated happy belated and
1: um is that our, is, is that <laughs>
0: Is that a is that what sign is that a Vir, Virgo is that Virgo? It's a
1: Virgo.
0: Ah, uh, okay, okay, it's Virgo. Cool, mm-hmm. cool, cool. Yep, the,
1: the only um zodiac sign represented by a woman. Is it really? <laughs> Fun fact. Yes. I
0: did not know that. All right, you you must be in on that. All right. <laughs> and I'm the only one represented by a crab. I think I'm the only crab. I think uh, Cancer, right? There's only crab in the. Look zo- at that, you Cancer. <laughs> but talking about your thirtieth, right? You spent it obviously in the states, right? Mhm. Yep. Talk talk to me about what is like because again, I am I'm, I'm 32, right? So I, I'm now past that, that 30th mark. And you know, you feel a lot. I spent that here in Costa Rica because it was the middle of COVID, right? July 2020. Um All right. what what do you uh what was going through your mind thinking of what you've been through, right? Um moving to France, coming back, thinking about you said your intention, how you you try to live a very intentional life, and here you are turning 30. The big three oh, it's a milestone. So what was going through your mind during that time thinking of all the things you've been through?
1: Wow. Well, um, I have so much to say about this. Um,
0: <laughs> go ahead.
1: So, <laughs> I am a huge birthday person. <laughs> like I am I'm very like go all out, like I just wanna be the center of attention. <laughs> like that's that's how I feel about birthdays. And uh my 30th was really hard for me because I had been planning my 30th birthday party for like a while
0: mm. like
1: a year in advance.
0: Wow. I Damn, Kiara.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, granted like I didn't plan out, you know, details, but I right. had an idea. <laughs> Of what I wanted to do.
0: Gotcha.
1: Uh, And, you know, as the time went on, as you got closer and closer, I started, you know, taking notes and looking things up and just really preparing. Because I, like I said, I wanted to go big. And so, mind you, again, birthdays in September. I get back from France in May. Um, and, you know, the program I was working was part-time. Like, I had to be fully transparent, so I wasn't making that much. Mm-hmm. And so I come back to the States, and I'm unemployed for about a month or so. You know, I get, a, I get employed again, and, you know, I'm not making, you know, a, a full-time salary. It was part-time. And so, you know, I'm getting closer to the time that I'm getting ready to move to D.C. Mm. So now it's August. And I have a job, which is great, cool. I'm getting, you know, normal paychecks again. (laughs) Uh, But but now I have this move, right? Mm -hmm. I have this apartment that Mm -hmm. I have to pay my security deposit and my rent for. Mm -hmm. And I have to furnish. And so as these things are happening, although amazing things, I'm starting to realize, like, here, you have to be realistic. And it's looking like this birthday extravaganza that you wanted to do is not about to happen. Um, so I sort of felt defeated, and, you know, I was a little upset that I didn't get what I wanted for my birthday, but I will say um, I had a great 30th birthday. Um, I celebrated two weekends. Uh, <laughs> <the first> weekend. <laughs> right, right. I had to make up for it, right? Right. <laughs> The first weekend I celebrated in New York. um, And then the second weekend I celebrated here in D.C. So it was just, and you know, my friends are amazing. I'm truly blessed to have them. And, you know, every day they remind me of just how, you know, supported I am and how blessed I am to have people like them in my life. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because, you know, they're right there making sure that I had a good time. So all in all, I had a great birthday, even though it wasn't what I actually had
0: planned. You know, not many people can celebrate uh, two weekends in a row on a birthday, so I think you are very blessed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that that too. I had had to, uh, if there's one thing I will say this year, I had to humble myself a lot. (laughs) Um, A lot of sacrifices have been made this year, um, and I'm still doing that, but you know what? In due time, in due time, things will sort of kind of plan out the way I want them to. Hmm.
0: Uh, that's, I mean, I'm glad you had had a good 30th on uh, your September birthday, with the Virgo being the only woman represented in Zodiac. Now it's <laughs> stuck in my brain now. It's going to be a, a little trivia question at the beginning <laughs> you're of the gonna, episode. you going
1: to start saying that to people randomly. Hey,
0: did, did you know? You know? <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, cool, cool, cool. All right, we spoke about a lot. I love this. I always like talking to you. It's always great talking to you, hearing you reflect on all yeah, this stuff. Likewise. And uh, let, let let's talk a little bit now about. So again, you said you turned thirty. You go into the motions now. Talk to me. What's the biggest? What are like the biggest differences between your day to day in France, right? Think about what was your normal mm-hmm. routines in France, and now what's your normal day to day for Kiara now in DC? I will say now that I didn't. You
1: know, it's interesting. I never really thought about that. But um, I feel like my day to day now in DC uh, is way more calm mm. than my day to day when I was in France. And I say that because I, I believe it's mostly due to the fact that I work two jobs. So it's like I went, I woke up in the morning, I went to the schools, I probably had literally an hour. Uh, to myself at home and that hour was for me to hurry up and eat lunch or sometimes I would try and get a quick workout in in the park um, and then I had to get ready to head right back out to go babysit and you know that commute was an hour and then I would babysit for about four hours and then commute an hour back home and by the time I got home it's hmm, sometimes 9 o'clock, sometimes almost 10 o'clock, depending on if you know there were some train issues. Um, And so I feel like I didn't have too much time for me when I was in France. Mm -hmm. Um, Wednesday, I believe it was Wednesdays. Wednesdays were an exception um, because I didn't have to go to the schools in the morning. So I had the morning to myself, and I would take the time to go to the gym or grocery shop or whatever. Um, But I always had babysitting there was maybe like a few days where I didn't have to babysit and it was nice having that afternoon to myself. But um, for the most part, I was, I was moving. Wow. And, um, my life here in DC, it's funny. You hear people talk about living this soft life. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of in that era right now. You know, I wake up, I go to work, you know, and I'm there, we get out at three thirty, and I come home and I'm home by like four thirty, mm. and I, the rest of the day to either you know I'll cook or hit the gym, just relax. I come home sometimes and I'm able to just sit on my couch and watch TV, um, which is really nice.
0: So. So would you feel? Would you say that feels like more more stable as well because of that? Yeah,
1: definitely more stable mm-hmm. for
0: sure. Stability super important, right?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah Stability is here, especially your, especially your thirties, right? <laughs>
1: That was that was the goal. That was the goal for my 30s was for me to sort of have I always envisioned myself where I am now. Mm. So I'm very grateful for that. That's um, but you do know it's, it's interesting, though, because although I am very happy that things have worked out in my favor um, and I'm able to live this quote unquote soft life, there's a part of me that is like, OK, what's next? Because I'm someone, I'm sure maybe you can guess from the amount of times I've moved around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't like feeling constant. So right now I'm trying to figure out what's going to be my next move. And I don't necessarily mean move as far as right, two right. different things. Mm-hmm. But um, what's in store for me next?
0: I feel very similarly. It, it, it's kind of wild because... I'm thinking about this right now. I actually as you say that, I, I'm thinking about that for myself right now. And it's kind of is going back to what you said super early, of getting calling between living in the present and living in the future, right? Of trying to prepare and be because I as like like you, I try to be pretty I try to be very intentional about the things I do and know why I do them, right? Also super important, mm-hmm. the reasoning, the rationale behind my right. moves. And like you, I feel very grateful for the opportunities I've been given and what I'm doing, you know, kind of on my terms. And of course, you know, whenever there's a little, I'm sure you've experienced this it When, whenever, whenever there's a little bit of, uh, you know, when things are a little bit gray or nebulous is when a little fear kicks in, at least for me. It's like, oh, I got this, is, I gotta, this a little uncertainty here. I don't know. I don't know the way this is looking. I'm not. I got to make sure it's looking right. So when that happens, it, it's hard not to get caught in that super future mindset. But like you said, it's also important to, to strike the right balance right? It's Like, I right, live in the moment. But I'm making moves for my future as well at the same time and I think that's that's a not a not an easy bounce strike by any means um but uh knowing you right as far as the the, the little that I do know you care on these two episodes, but you live a very intentional life so I think you'll be all right
1: <laughs> you know I, I sure hope so I, I believe it too so I think um it's funny because I am, it's like I'm patient but I'm impatient at the same time so mm. I'm like. I'm like, all right, something's got to give. Like, what am I doing next? Am I applying to a, a, a doctoral program? What am I going to do? Am I, you know, just just looking
0: right. for ways to elevate myself. That's awesome. And that's a perfect segue into our lightning round questions. It's just always, like, we're 47 minutes in. It's always a pleasure talking to you. It's always, I, I think it just flows seamlessly, seamlessly. I think, I yes. think that's, that's the, Virgo, <laughs> the Virgo in you. Even though I know nothing about Virgos, that's probably the Virgo in you, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's the
1: Virgos are cool cool, calm and collected, very ground on earth.
0: No. Very gregarious, <laughs> easy to talk to. Write letters from France, so FaceTime people.
1: It's funny because apparently they say Virgos are supposed to be, are not like that. Like Virgos are very like to themselves and mm. shy and don't like mm. talking to people. But you know, I think the other Zodiac signs in your chart have to have to deal with that because 'cause uh. I'm like, that is not me.
0: So it's probably <laughs> so it's probably me then. I'm probably bringing bring that out of you then. <laughs>
1: it's funny too because I do have cancer in my
0: chart so maybe oh okay <laughs> you maybe, gotta teach me maybe. okay now now there's two things we gotta do pilot for this French program in your school and now learning about charts because I don't know that shit alright that's good to know <laughs> <laughs> alright so lightning round question if you remember ask you a question first thing that, first thing that comes to your mind boom you ready okay alright let's do it what is the number one thing you miss about living in France the food. Hmm. You, you give me a food specific food?
1: Honestly, just the quality of food, but I'm uh, going to tell you right now I well miss Parisian salmon. <laughs> I miss Parisian McDonald's
0: so bad. Wow. All right. <laughs> yes. Mm hmm.
1: Never thought I'd say that,
0: huh? <laughs> <laughs> Parisian McDonald's. You're in here, folks. When you, go, when you go to Paris, Kiara's going to so, tell you, yo, hit up that Mickey D's. <laughs> it's so fancy.
1: They have like fried goat cheese, like we have the wedges. Yep. yep mm-hmm, do it. <laughs>
0: oh man. All right. What do you miss the least about living in France?
1: <laughs> um <laughs> uh, The smell the smell of the French people at a party.
0: Damn. What that's very specific.
1: <laughs> it's it's bad. I mean it don't even have it doesn't even have to be, it don't have to be at a party. It could be on a bus. On wow. a train. Yeah, it's bad It's bad But, you know They don't have chemicals In their deodorant
0: So uh, makes sense. All, all natural Got it <laughs> All natural mm-hmm. <laughs> Got you <laughs> um, <laughs> What is the number one thing You tell people When they ask you How was living in France?
1: The number one thing I say is that It was amazing I I do it all
0: over again Even with the the, the smelly The smelly people That's good too <laughs>
1: Absolutely, you know, because it's easy to avoid people, you know, I can, you know, I can walk instead of taking a bus or whatever, but Right,
0: yeah. right. What do you love the most about being back in the States?
1: Um, Being with my friends and family. Mm.
0: What do you like the least about being back?
1: The food.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think we covered that one. <laughs> Not- I'm not letting it go. Sorry. <laughs> All right. And final, final question. So you can answer however you want to. Speaking about, you know, are you always thinking about what's next. So manifest this right now, Kiara, on, on, on my podcast. So you can listen to this baggy like, you know what? I put that in motion. What do you foresee for yourself <laughs> now that you are in your 30s, such as myself? Welcome to the 30s. Uh, what do you Thank foresee you. for yourself now in the near future or five years from now? What do you want to see for yourself?
1: I want to see myself continuing to uh, be extremely intentional. Um, I see myself potentially um, finishing up a doctoral program um, in school leadership um, or curriculum design. I see myself potentially working at the French embassy I'd be able to work with schools here in D.C., um, helping them create um, French programs for them to use in their school communities. I see myself potentially creating a French-speaking tutoring program. I see myself being happy, being married, all those good things.
0: I hope you enjoyed that episode with Kiara. I most definitely did. Um, It's always great talking to her. And I really like this concept of speaking to previous guests and seeing literally where are they now. I think it's so cool because, again, it helps me reflect on my own journey. And I think um, for themselves, you know, because what I did and I hope Kiara does this, I listened back to the previous episode of, of her in France and it's super interesting to see, you know, the, the the comparison and contrast to this interview now and to that one literally a year ago. So I recorded this in November. It took me a while to <laughs> took me a while to edit this episode because of vacation or whatnot. Um, so yeah, it's just so cool listening to her. I really love this idea of living an intentional life. Um, and it's clear from listening to Kiara that she does her best to do that, right? It's, it's, it's very evident in the way, how confidently she speaks about the things that she does in her life and what she wants out of her life, that she, that she does her due diligence to, to live an intentional life. And I think obviously we all should do that, right? We also strive, we all should strive to live an intentional life where, you know, things that we want out of life, we're able to achieve. And even if it's not things that we get to achieve, we can learn from those experiences. And it's also evident from Kiara's um, story that she has learned from her experiences in France and that has helped her um, in this new chapter in D.C. So, yeah. Next time on In Living Color Abroad, you'll be listening to Victoria, who I also previously interviewed of her time in Dominican Republic. And now she's living in Switzerland. So this will be another Where Are They Now episode. (laughs) So be on the lookout for that one. But anyway, if you like what you hear, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe. Follow me on Spotify and any of your favorite streaming platforms. I hope you had a wonderful holiday season. Happy New Year. See you next time. This is A Living Color Abroad. Peace.